This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, I'm delighted to say it's a rare occasion. It is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. You have been away for the past 10 days, Jay. Have you had a nice, refreshing <laughs> international break? I had a lovely international break, yeah. Thanks very much for asking him. How Did was yours? I was busy for half of it and then not busy for half of it. Yeah, we, we had to work hard, you know, man the ship in your absence and all of that. Did you get up to much? Uh, did the garden, mm-hmm. planted a lot of pansies. <laughs> did um, you do the garden as well? The uh, What else did I do? I went to the gym a lot. Yeah, yeah We heard about this, actually. The, um, you did, uh, did, a, did, did quite a lot of runs. Went on a six-mile run yesterday. Were you supposed to go on a I've, run? I've put in to get, try and get a charity place at the New York Marathon in November. A few little, few little things, irons in the fire. Hmm. So, um, anyway, back in the real world, also with us is Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Excellent. Nice little polo scruffy shirt you got on today. Uh, Joe's joined the gym. Yeah. He's, we know yeah, this. Together. If you were actually yeah. listen to our podcast on your time <laughs> off, you'd know we've spoken about this already. Waste my time doing that, would I? <laughs> <laughs> and also, we've got the most Bolton member of our sports desk. It's Theo Squires. Hi, Theo. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Thank you for staying after your shift to join us on this podcast, right. which you regularly do, actually, to be fair. Unlike Joe, who basically goes home early. Right. Joe, uh, Joe not Joe, James, me and you were at Melwood uh, earlier today. We were listening to Jurgen Klopp speaking ahead of the game against Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday. And Jurgen Klopp had some good news in terms of injuries, didn't he? He did, yeah. He said it was the first time that he could remember that um, that everyone had come back from their international duties in decent shape, no no fresh worries or concerns. He said that uh, the Brazilian trio were the last ones to, to link back up. I think they only returned to full training at Melbourne on Thursday. Um, but he said, yeah, Trent had come through fine full training on, on Thursday. Same with Joe Gomez and Shakiri. Um, of course, too soon for, for Gomez to be considered for, for Sunday's game after, what, the best part of four months out. Um but yeah, I think you know, he talked about how big the training group was. You know, I think he's been used to in recent months having to draft four, five, six youngsters in from Kirby just to to make up the numbers. You know, I think that's down to probably one or two at the moment because of the you know, the, the sheer weight of uh, of senior players that are back fit and and healthy. Um, and also, you know, I think he said a couple of days ago, Oxley Chamberlain again not a million miles off again it won't be in contention for this weekend but back in full training next week so it's a a pretty uh, rosy and healthy picture he said something interesting on Alex Oxlade Chamberlain didn't he he said that his big one of his big in fact he said one of his biggest mistakes of his yeah. Liverpool reign was to basically become overexcited at the prospect that Oxlade Chamberlain could return which he believes put a lot of pressure on the on the player when he made his first appearance against Derby which not sure whether that contributed to him perhaps rushing himself back a little bit too early but now he said he wants to keep him in the shadows and he won't say anything until he's properly ready yeah it was interesting I think it was just typical Klopp wasn't it being brutally honest I think you know he I was surprised that he was quite so bullish and positive about Oxlade Chamberlain you know going back probably a month or two now in terms of when he he declared you know we will definitely see Oxley Chamberlain back in a Liverpool shirt you know talking about how amazing it would be to have him back and you're kind of thinking well hang on a minute after so long out it's crazy to think he's going to have much of a contribution during the running um and again you know you could sense the excitement in Klopp's voice a few weeks ago before he played that under under 23 games against against Derby um so yeah, I think you know, he obviously feels that maybe he contributed to that kind of buzz and, and expectation around Oxlade-Chamberlain that then you know led to him having to come off early with a minor hamstring issue. 
Um, so yeah, I think he said that he's not going to not going to be talking about him publicly again until um, he's in a position where he's uh, available for selection. Which you know, I, th- I still think that will be a few weeks away. I mean, Joe, you always want your players to be or almost all of your players to be fit at any time of the season. But for Jurgen Klopp to have the majority of his squad, you know, maybe apart from one or two, for this running to be available, he couldn't attempt any better, could he? Yeah, it's huge. Um, I mean, he hasn't had a full, fully fit squad all season, has he? If you think. You know, there's been major injuries, Oxlade Chamberlain being one of them, right throughout the year. So, so this this is big. It'll be interesting to see what he does with them. I don't expect many of them, like Joe Gomez. I don't think we'll see him feature centre half that much now. I think he'll probably probably play right back a little bit, just because Matthew's been playing so well. Lovren's an experienced option, and he, he did pick Lovren in some of the bigger games earlier in the season. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does with them. But um, I think nailing down that midfield would be the first. Priority because with all options now fit, it'd be interesting to see what he does go with. I mean, so you think that uh, Jurgen Klopp is right to take this stance on Oxley Chamberlain? It's almost like he's gone the complete, you know, reverse to what he was like a couple of months ago, as James said, where he was so super excited. Now it's almost like he's he don't mention him. Well, I suppose part of that is also when you've got so many midfielders back, like you've got Adam Lallana, who's now actually playing quite well again, that you don't need to rush him back. It's not as though Liverpool have got this crisis where they need to make up numbers. Um, so there's no point risking him getting an injury. Like we've seen where he's, was it a hamstring he's done against Derby for the 23s. Um, and you want to play down that expectation, that hope, because you think back to players who've had that in sort of injury before. They don't come back overnight. Joe Gomez, I think, played against Wolves. and We didn't see him again for, what, six months uh, Danny Ings obviously broke down a couple of times. So it's definitely the right approach there. Let Oxley chamberlain get ready on his own terms behind the scenes. And then if he can feature before the end of the season, maybe it's going to be against like Wolves on the last day where you'd imagine the title's probably wrapped up or you've got a FA Cup Very final. confident there. <laughs> an FA Cup final for Wolves to focus on or maybe a Champions League final to look forward to. You never know. So that's the sort of game you can see, maybe see him back in the same way. Uh, Gibral Cesar, I think, got his first start on the last day back in 2005. But we're not going to see the best from Oxlade Chamberlain for another six months at least. I mean, Joe, are you quite pleased with the way the international break went? Not so much in terms of the inj- no injuries for any Liverpool players, but the fact that none of them seem to suffer any massive psychological blows. I mean, I know at the time some fans of other clubs were trying to say that Virgil van Dijk had been ended by somebody running alongside <laughs> him and then yeah. knocking one into the top corner from 25 yards. But if you look at them, you know, none of them seem to you know, have suffered in any way, and if anything, look at Jordan Henderson, for example. He had, two, you know, had a decent game for England, then came on and set up a goal towards the end of the, of the second game. He may have, you know, bolted himself. Firmino as well did well, definitely. And and I think, especially in in the past, you've seen probably the reverse is true. Salah probably struggled last year with with Egypt, didn't he? And he came back with a little bit of a hangover from the World Cup and the Champions League final. So I think the the, the reverse can happen. So it is a positive. I think more positive is that certain players have had breaks. Salah being one of them managed to just get away and, and have a few days and then come back and get back into training. I think, I think that's huge. And we've seen before when when Liverpool have managed to have breaks that it, it can it can help. So um yeah, I mean these international breaks are can be tough on you, can't they? So for Liverpool to come back with yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liverpool to come back with no injuries though. It is quite rare, isn't it? There's usually one or two mm. little knocks. I think of the one um, back in was it October before they went to yeah. Huddersfield away and it was like there was there was worries about Salah's Mane didn't play there was yeah. one or two others as well wasn't there exactly so it's very rare really did did Trent pick up his back injury on England duty and 
or was that before I think he, he did went it against Burnley, didn't he? Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. it? And then, and then he pulled out the squad, didn't yeah. he? Mm. So yeah, so it's very rare for not a single injury really since they come back. Jurgen Klopp did knock the table today, didn't he? In touch one, <laughs> so I think we should probably do that as well before um, before they train again before Sunday. James, are you happy that Mohamed Salah has had that week rest because he went away, didn't he? Yeah, I think it could be absolutely huge for him because um, he did, you know. Even I know he's been making a contribution, hasn't he? Even when without scoring, and I think you know you can kind of blow out of proportion the, the the kind of lean spell he's on. But you know, and you think back to it in that sequence, you know, there were games what the Watford at home when he was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, and so it's it's not like he hasn't been justifying his place in the team, but for whatever reason, in terms of his finishing. It has let him down. He has looked short of confidence. I thought there was a few times in that win at Fulham just before the break where he just didn't really have the courage of his convictions when chances did come his way. Um, and I think fatigue's bound to play a part on part in that. Um, it's just been relentless for him, hasn't it? Really, when you look at the last couple of years, and he just doesn't doesn't miss games, does he? You know, he's he's not one of those players who has little little kind of muscle injuries that might lead to two or three weeks out here and there. I think what is it only him and. I think there's one other that have played every. Must be him and Van Dijk that have played been yeah. involved yeah. in every single Premier League game this season. Um, so yeah, it felt like it came at a really, really good time for him. The, the fact that that Egypt didn't call him up, he didn't have all that travel. Also, the, the stress. I think I mean, there's all that stuff with you know with the Egypt, the political side of it he had with the World Cup, um, and you know just you know the, obviously the issues he's had in terms of security when he goes away and getting mobbed everywhere he goes. So to just have a week off, and I think you know he put on his social media didn't he you know, on some idyllic beach somewhere just to get away from it all for a week I think that'll do him the world of good and then he's had you know back at Melwood for a week build up to this so yeah you know he does like playing Tottenham then I think he's got three and three against them so far um yeah and getting him back firing all cylinders you know, could be the difference in this title race over the next six seven weeks Theo do you think we underestimate the value of players getting a rest like that because I know we all go on about oh, look, they're playing football for a living they only work X amount of hours a day running around but it is as James said is that old, that pressure it's just relentless certainly for the, the top players and you know Mohamed Salah wouldn't have had much of a break over the past eight, nearly two years, you'd have thought. Yeah, I think uh, Paul Wilson and I did a piece before the international break and you totaled up at like 100 games or more than that for club and country since he joined Liverpool. And when you look at the times where you'd expect players to get the breaks, well, the first time he's moving to a new country. So that's that stress you've got from there. Um, then the season last year, it's obviously gone on a bit longer from Liverpool getting to the Champions League final. He's got the injury, so he's got to come back from that, get ready for the World Cup, then... He's out from there. He's got to get ready from the injury again, get back into pre-season. And when you think to next summer, well, he's going to have the African Cup of Nations, so he's not going to get a break then either. So this two weeks has been perfect for him, really, to just go and recharge his batteries um, and just hopefully get ready. It does feel like a, a psychological thing with Salah, doesn't it? And just to pick up what James was saying then, he doesn't pick up many injuries, but sometimes, despite how good he's been for Liverpool, and he's been out, outrageous, hasn't he? He looks like a man with the weight of the world on his shoulders at times, and I think I wouldn't say he's mentally weak, well, but I think isn't especially that just the pressure things, that he puts on himself because he always wants to score goals. De- definitely, and I think it won't be the sometimes pressure, be pressure from his teammates or from Klopp. Cause no, it's no, the complete, complete opposite. Yeah, but I think he's fully aware of like talk that perhaps players he's, don't he's read not, newspapers. Come on, yeah, but he <laughs> talk that he's not perhaps as good as he as he was in his first season. And I think he does overthink things. And you can see in games, it's getting to him. That's why he's taking the extra touches. That's why he's, he's shooting when he should pass or dribbling. And I think 
a, the break that he's had might get him in the right frame of mind for the last for the running. And for all of that, there's only one player in the entire Premier League who scored more goals than him, and he's only got one more. That's Sergio Aguero. So the uh, fact that uh, we're talking about Salah at this level, it just it goes to show how much of an impact he made last season. Because any other season, you'd be like James, you'd be like he's doing really well again. You know, there's, yeah. there's two Liverpool players are on. I think is that right? Two Liverpool players on 20 goals in all competitions. Yeah, yeah. For the first time since Suarez and Sturridge and. I think I don't know how long it was before then. Yeah, I think I think it I think it it's linked to the fact he judges himself against last season, I think. And I think that's Klopp kind of touched upon it a bit earlier on in the season where he kind of said he'd spoken to Salah about not being so hard on himself because you know, he was never ever was he going to realistically get anywhere close to what he achieved last season. That was just a freak one-off. It was what only Ian Rush that ever scored anything close to that in a season in Liverpool's entire history. So I think He's in the grand scheme of things, he's still having a very good season. He? Twenty goals. I mean, would have, he would have been Liverpool's top scorer. When you think in the, the the modern era, obviously, the years kind of after they lost, they lost Suarez, you know, people were winning top scorer with twelve, thirteen goals. I think did Coutinho get it once? I think with twelve or thirteen. Um, Stephen Gerrard did as well. Yeah, with mm. similar number. So you know, it's twenty goals, and like you said, one one off the golden boot with Aguero, despite having gone. Know, seven games with, for Liverpool without a goal, which is his worst run run for the club. It, it's it's not he, you know he, he's still massively massively important to this Liverpool team. But I think the issue for him maybe psychologically is I think he maybe got caught up a little bit last season in all the talk about him making that leap into that absolute elite bracket with you know talks well, about like Messi and, about and Ronaldo because he was in the running for the Ballon d'Or for the first yeah. six months of the year but then obviously with what happened in the Champions League final and the World Cup it kind of fell away a little bit didn't it yeah so you know and he, and he hasn't quite been able to build on that because the only way you can really get mentioned in the same breath as those two is to somehow get close to replicating what he did last season but you know he hasn't managed to do that but he's still been Massively important, you know. I think if you were if you were voting now for a Liverpool player of the season, obviously Van Dijk, undoubtedly. Um, then I'd probably have Sadio Mane, and then you're probably looking at Salah, Genie Wijnaldum. So you know, it's not it's not like he's drifted off into the shadows and is is not particularly important anymore. If you flipped it over and his first season, yeah, was like this, yeah, yeah. we'd all be saying what a great signing he was and that how well he played and how he, you know, thirty five million was yeah. still a snip, wouldn't you? you, you it's just that he set the, the bar so high in his first season and perhaps a little bit too high. But well, there are, there are, there are the, other, the other factors, one being that Liverpool for half the season played a completely different yeah, formation yeah. and the other one being that he's obviously, I wouldn't say he was never an unknown quantity, but teams have had a lot more time to work out how to deal with him. And we've had this conversation before on the pod, Theo. Basically, would you say he's a better, he's a better all-round team player than he, than he was last season? He's definitely doing more for the team. I think um, this season the numbers are saying he's already been tackled more than the whole of last season. And we've seen in the last few weeks the difference that's had for Mane's game because he's getting that space on the left instead. Um, and then that's what you want, isn't it? You want your players contributing for the whole team. So whilst he might not be getting 40 goals, I think Jurgen Klopp would much rather have his three forwards getting 20, 25 and then say one of the midfielders popping up with a few more. Um, I also think it's funny when we're talking about the pressure Salah puts on himself. When you think um, Egypt haven't been a World Cup since 1990. So to face that penalty last mm. year when you've got the whole country on your back and he stepped up, he scored it. And we've seen him score so, or take some pretty poor penalties before um, to actually go and deliver there. So it's definitely from that spell to get into the World Cup that this extra pressure has got to him. So yeah, um, 
it's whole it's club and country, isn't it? Um, he's definitely got the pressure there, and he's had to be this talisman for both. And whilst tip players look for him to go and reach these new levels, and he's got to realise it's a team game. So whilst he might not have the quality of Firmino, Mane around him at Egypt, he still he's not got to do it on his own. So he's delivering, and it's been a great season for him. Hopefully, two weeks off to recharge will do exactly what he needs. James, when you were away, there was a transfer speculation story revolving around Sadio Mane and Real Madrid because Zinedine Zidane. You're determined to sell him, aren't you? Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> determined to sell him. that famous <laughs> podcast where Doyle said that... But it was, is it because but, he, no. Sadio wasn't smiling yeah, or something? Yeah. I would like to point out that since then, Real Madrid have been twice linked strongly with him. So By that, you? Uh, by by, yeah, by that, me, yeah. I, I wrote that piece. That I, was a I year ago, his, though, when you I, said it that. Was 18, what was it? 18 months it was ago, 18 months ago, yeah, yeah. And you said that most Liverpool fans want to sell him. No, let's just, to clarify... I said, you said there you are one or yourself. two <laughs> Liverpool fans who felt as though Mane's form, because don't forget at the time he wasn't playing particularly well. Is this your dad and your brother? Been, no, 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 actually, no. It genuinely wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, that he was coming, maybe Liverpool had outgrown him, or whichever way, basically Liverpool moved on. But then since then, Mane's obviously responded. That's why Real Madrid are now coming in. <laughs> he listened to this podcast, listened to you. Not responded, responded to me, but just responded to any suggestion. But yeah, he did. And he started smiling he does, more since yeah, he picked he does, up on yeah. that. He does listen to this podcast and everything else. Anyway. <laughs> James, Real Madrid, <laughs> as you won't have noticed because you, you don't pay any attention when you're off, too busy in the garden. In the uh, gym. In the yeah, gym. In the gym, in the garden, yeah. yeah. And running. Come uh, well, on, I don't believe the running bit. Well, he's got to get ready for Echo FC, doesn't he? So he's yeah, big Echo game on Monday we'll, night. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, what was the question? Yeah, Real Madrid. Uh, Sadio Mane, <laughs> what, are your, what do your Jamesy Spidey senses, what, what, what do they feel about this? I think it's an absolute non-story. I think it's you be- feel it's a non-story that Real Madrid are interested in him, or you feel as though it's not going to go anywhere well, because Liverpool don't want to sell. But, and he probably. Well, I think all of that, and I think all of that. for a start, of course, Real Madrid were bound to be interested in inverted commas in Sadio Mane because Sadio Mane at the moment would walk into I think any team in Europe. Mm. He's he's in that kind of form, so. It would, I would be absolutely amazed if Real Madrid weren't looking at him performing at the level he is and thinking, oh, do you know, quite fancy a bit of that. Um, and I think the, I think the rumours have, have come back purely because of Zidane yeah. going back there. Um, but there's absolutely zero chance that Sadio Mane will get sold this summer. Absolutely zero. Because Liverpool's position could not be any stronger. Um, and he signed a new five-year contract, what was it, in November. There is no release clause, get-out clause, whatever. Um, I don't think there's even a price that Liverpool would even be willing to, to put on him. Um, Everybody's got a price. I'm not, I'm a not billion sure they, pounds? I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not like a million-dollar man, then. <laughs> I just, I mean, a trillion out, pounds. <laughs> Sadio Mane's got to be worth, I think, upwards of 100 million now. Yeah. When you think, well, Liverpool paid, what, 30-odd million for him three years ago. Um, it's funny, at the time, people were kind of suggesting that's a lot of money. Well, he was, he was very inconsistent with Southampton. I remember mm. speaking to Southampton fans at the time, and they, because my only real memory of Mane p- before, having not watched him regularly, was obviously he had a great record against Liverpool. Mm. And you couldn't understand why he didn't, he didn't he couldn't even get a get regular game at times, could he? I think it, when Koeman was there. But they said he had, you know, had these little bursts of, you know, these, these purple patches, but didn't sustain it and obviously with working with Klopp you know he's absolutely rocketed in terms of his progress so um, no there's no there's no way Liverpool you know Klopp was interesting when he, a few weeks ago when he talked about Liverpool won't spend this summer on anything like the scale they did last summer I think what was it 170 million last summer 
because he feels as if he's got the team he needs to take this this team. What's Mane? Twenty six. I think he's twenty seven in a couple of weeks. So he, you know, he's just coming into his peak years, and that's pretty much the case throughout that team. So this summer is about creating extra depth and filling holes in the squad when the likes of Sturridge and Moreno and potentially Mignolet and people like that move on. Um, so uh, there's Liverpool in that position at the moment where they don't need to fear losing an elite player this summer because they they're in such a strong position both financially in terms of not being needing to sell and because of the, the long long contracts these players are on. Agree. Yep. Agree. Yeah, they better get my birthday cake in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing that happened today, James, is the season ticket prices were finally announced. I know that one or two fans, and this time there were definitely some fans who were wondering why on earth they hadn't been announced yeah. already. They were fearing slightly the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. However, they've been frozen for the fourth year in a row, is it now? Be the fourth season in yeah. a row, yeah. That can only be good, th- good you because basically, look at it from their point of view, they're getting a product where Liverpool are winning an awful lot of games, they're watching some great football, and it's the same price as it was four years ago. Yeah, I remember I was speaking to some fans on the train down to Fulham a couple of weeks ago, and they they felt that the delay was ominous in terms of, I think it was January last year when they announced the price freeze, and they were saying they felt as if you know, they must be holding it back because it's bad news and picking the right time to, to try and bury it. So I think you know, relief for them, the fact that there isn't an increase, I think... I think you've, you've got to put it into context, haven't you? I think on the one hand, it is positive um, because I think some owners would have would have seen an opportunity now to, to think, well, if, you, you know, if you're ever going to be able to put prices up, it's it's a, a time where the product on the pitch is so much better. So you can probably, you could make a case for charging people more to, to watch it. They've, you've also got the fact you've got tens of thousands of people waiting on season ticket waiting lists. Um, but, you know, I it would have been a spectacular own goal if Liverpool had seriously considered putting prices up because why would you bother denting the, the feel-good factor around the club for for what is a what would be a very, very you know, drop in the ocean uh, financially really relative to, you know, you look at those revenues from the latest set of accounts and media and commercial absolutely dwarf match day revenues. You know, the days of top clubs being heavily reliant on, on ticket money are... Are long gone, and you know. I think I think some people will rightly argue. Well, hang on a minute. A price freeze, okay? They should actually be coming down because football is still far too expensive to watch, and more needs to be done to reconnect with the local community and the working class people who have almost been priced out of it. But you know, a price freeze and the stuff they're doing with giving out you know nine pound tickets to. To, to local fans and giving away free tickets to schools. They're all steps in the right direction, but yeah, more needs to be done. Well, Joe, I was going to ask you a succession of questions, but James has just answered them all. But I am, <laughs> however, going to ask them anyway in, a, in a, a different form. Do you feel, well, for a start, I think we all agree that the price freeze is, is good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice step. But do you feel as though perhaps we're getting to the stage, as James has said, because match day revenue in terms of ticket prices is becoming such a small percentage of the actual income for a, for a club, that there's the there's an opening maybe to cut prices, whether it's not for every game but for certain games, and make them more available to the local fans and the younger fans because you know the other worry is that the average age of the football support season ticket holder, the average age of anybody that goes to the game is, is still is still rising rather than coming down. Yeah, I I just wonder whether there's a little bit of change in the air and that that we could see ticket prices eventually start to come down because, like James says, that. The the revenues from commercial side of things and, and TV deals they have now, 
you know that that's where the money was made. And you think back when FSG came into to, to Liverpool, it was still probably at a time when clubs were looking at their match day revenues, weren't they? And, and looking expanding stadiums or building new stadiums, and and that was the way they made their money. Arsenal did that when they when they went moved to the Emirates, but then times have changed, and 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 commercial revenues are so important now you just wonder whether that sort of thing could come in obviously the the, the price cap on away tickets came in and then apparently they're, they're discussing doing something similar in European competition and that's led by the clubs isn't it rather than it doesn't seem to be forced through, through by the fans like the, the away cap was so it's it's interesting I, I just wonder whether there could be a bit of change in the air but then the, the flip side of that is Tottenham for example are going to build a, well, built a new stadium and they're not going to start putting cheap tickets out are they they're going to want to try and get, get some money back so whether that sets a precedent it would take all clubs to do it um, so. do you need all clubs to do it though just say well, or, or you need one very filter. brave club to, to to take the first hit and say right we're I doing it I can't remember whether it's I think it's Bradford City somebody might be able to help me with this I'm sure Bradford City cut their prices a couple of years ago when they were like I know they're struggling this mm-hmm. year in, in League One but they started getting ridiculously high crowds which was an example of if it's priced correctly, people still have interest. But with Liverpool, it's slightly different in the fact that because they're doing so well at the moment, or if every game's just a sellout anyway, I mean, they could they could probably put five, ten pounds on almost all of the tickets for the big games, and they would all go. Yeah, the, that's, that's the other balance for them, isn't it? Because they're still a business, aren't they? The club. Yeah, of course, and, and that's the thing. It, it would take a very brave, big club to say, right, well, we're going to reduce ticket prices because they've no real need to. You know, they're not they're not struggling for. Bradford brought their ticket prices down because they're struggling for numbers and they, they get the numbers mm. in. Liverpool aren't, aren't going to have that. So it, it it would be brave, but I don't know. It just feels like... It feels like clubs are starting to come round to the fact that fans are very, very important to the end product. And that... that well, that in, terms of, yeah, <laughs> in terms of the TV revenues and stuff, the Premier League wouldn't be the league that it that it is without without fans. And it might sound a bit of a cliche, but it's true. So. Well, they've always, they've always said that, haven't they? I mean, I think it was Silvio Berlusconi when he was mm-hmm. talking about Serie A and how that didn't become... That was losing popularity because there's nothing worse than watching a game with loads of empty seats. Yeah. And we know we've all seen games where you can flick it on, Theo, and then you can just see, like, you, you, first thing you go is, where is everybody? Yeah, um... Manchester City is probably the obvious one, isn't it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Champions League nights. You look at um, they've played some massive games, and you can still see empty seats for there. Um, well, you're not going to get that at Old Trafford. You're not going to get that at Anfield when they're playing some of the biggest teams in the country. And there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks, years, whatever, about people making a bit bit noise of ticket prices. Like we just saw it against Bayern Munich, didn't we? Both sets of fans coming out making a stand. This is too much. Clubs need to take back control. Um, obviously, Liverpool fans have been quite vocal about what they believe for a number of years now. And these clubs in the Premier League, they're getting so much money. It's not like the lower league teams. But even then, the lower league teams, they're trying to be clever with how they sell their season tickets, saying, right, this is the price it's going to be. You might think it's a bit high, but if we win promotion next season, year after, we're going to give you a good price in the Premier League. So that's probably the way around it there. So say you had your mid-table teams saying, if we get into Europe, we win the FA Cup, you're going to get rewards from it that way. But then there's no incentive, is there, for your top six teams that are just going to deliver year in, year out. I feel as though maybe that if they do have a little bit of an incentive, it's ensuring that when, because they're not going to win everything all the time, by lowering the price or putting some kind of incentive that it's it's safeguarding the future for the next generation. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said before, you want to get the younger fans in as well. So there needs to be that protection to get the younger fans in to keep going. Um 
but Liverpool are always going to sell out each game. That's why they're looking to expand the stadium. Solid point there, James. Do you feel as though the the walkout of 2016 by the you know the diehard the season ticket yeah. was, the main standers basically is what I'm referring to. They're the ones who've been going for years and they just went, you know what, I'm not having this. Do you know that was a bit of a turning point? Yeah, massive in terms of because also what happened on the field that day as well because. Liverpool conceded was, after that, yeah, didn't they? They went in 2 0, weren't they? Yeah, 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 they ended up two. drawing yeah. two, two each. That was, and... that was, sorry, just that, that was the famous Christian 8 1 game, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. that was that. No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. Was that not his 8 0 prediction? No, the 8 0 prediction was the, the game in the November, the following season when Origi scored and. Was that 2 2 as well? No, it was 2 0. Right near the end. Okay, all right. Sorry. But the way that game panned out was almost ideal wasn't it for those who were looking to make the point about yeah. you can't ignore us you have to listen to us we are important you can't you can't sell the club on the famous 12th man and we're all in this together in one family and then come out with ridiculous ideas like having 77 pound tickets and um so yeah that i think that was a massive that was a massive wake-up call for the owners there's no doubt about that because i think they were absolutely shocked and and hurt by what went on i mean was quite unprecedented within a few days dramatic u-turn open letter to the fans signed by henry werner and mike gordon um you know apologizing for for what they'd done and you know and what was that 20 what was that february 2016. time 2016 and now we're over what three years on and and prices have, still haven't moved from from that time i think you know it means that 2019 20 people will be paying what they paid in 2015 16 um which you know again i think they have they have listened they have learned you know they now have these regular fans forums um i was told that was what the delay was this time around that they wanted to have that full process with the fans forums before then feeding back and making this announcement um so yeah you know that's that's all positive the fact that you know i think it shows that they are aware of the the bigger picture it's not they're not just kind of like, of course, they're businessmen, but they're also businessmen with with brains in terms of knowing that it's about the bigger picture. And you know, to, to put five, ten, twenty quid, or fifty quid on a season ticket, in the grand scheme of things, now in modern football, it, it's just the the damage done PR wise would just be huge in relation to to what what would be absolute peanuts financially to the club. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And now for my favourite part of this podcast, let's talk about Tottenham. Uh, we will talk first. Then. Like, you, know, you mentioned Joe. You, you said that like it's a weekly, <laughs> weekly thing. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is for me. It is for me. I'll tell you what, you mentioned the new stadium. Finally, it's open. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's, it's having some test games, isn't it? And it will be open, I think, in the next couple of weeks for the first... What was his phone? Was that? Sorry, James. Players. James. <laughs> Do you, do you mind? Do you mind? Go on. Are we, are we, are we I'm, I'm interrupting you? I'm trying sorry. to find who's done that to my mug. Right. Anyway, um, what have you made of the images of the new state? Obviously, none of us have been to it. But what have we made of the images? It looks all right. Look, I, I don't get that excited about any of these new stadiums. You don't I, get that excited I about think they look... anymore, do you? No, but no, I, I love new stadiums. Do you do like them? Yeah. I, I just Basically, think... what's the food like? What's the Wi-Fi like? What's the view like from the press? The biggest That's le- all I'm The biggest letdown. Ever it was the Emirates. The Emirates is just, what? Have you ever been to? Have you ever been to it? Yeah, the It's just a big soulless bowl that they stuck a load of statues around the side to try and make it feel special. It doesn't don't you feel, feel as though doesn't feel like a football okay, ground? There just, are ways in which they can build stadiums that improve the atmosphere, but isn't Arsenal's atmosphere bad? Be, well, it was for the most part bad. I actually thought when we went in, yeah, we thought, we thought it was good. Yeah, that was mm. the best one we've been to. But 
it's because of the people in it and the football that's being that, played. That, that's that's true. But I also think I don't. Know, I, I there's I've just got a an I, ideal look of a what a stadium, a football st- stadium should look ways, like. Yeah, a, a square <laughs> yeah. stadium. You know, like and I I just don't like it. I just think it it just you don't like you could goals. you could copy no. and paste that into any any place in the country and stick anyone any team name on it and it would just it would do Be- there's nothing special about because it because of nothing, that they, were you it, unhappy that they then got rid of the cheese room <laughs> <laughs> which is the second time this week this has been mentioned I, I don't know I, it just doesn't I saw the images of it and it looks impressive for well, the cheese room but, but no that's oh, the, the stadium but the stadium and, and I, I just, but I just I'm not bowled over by it I, I just find that was that deliberate it, didn't it doesn't doesn't feel like it has a real soul we'll see we'll see what happens on the, the pitch, people will make the soul um, we'll see yeah we'll see but I, I i'm glad that liverpool never went to a new stadium because i i just don't find any of them really are that impressive james i know that me and you were a bit gutted to be honest weren't we because we thought we were going to be going to the first game at the new stadium but it, it soon became obvious it wasn't happening you yeah. thought we'd wait another was it seven months since then? Was, yeah, it was September yeah, seven, time, yeah, seven, seven months. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, are, are I, you, I lost my phone in the taxi the night before that. <laughs> are you um a bit more enthused by the stadium than Joe is? Uh yeah, I mean, oh, obviously oh. only only seen the pictures, but it does look massively impressive. And they have got a very one of the ends behind the gold is meant to be the the what was it, largest single tier? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, massive. Yeah. yeah. Is that gonna be rivaling the cop soon? I don't know, like as we said before, it depends. Football grounds are made by the people in them, aren't they? Mm. And so, it, you know, it depends. You can't just well, build well, a big stand and say he's going to rival yeah. the cop. <laughs> I mean, you can't just. It doesn't work like that. I'm does not it? saying the cop that. has I'm years and years and years and years I'm and years of history and, and the people on it. And you can't just go, oh, there's a big stand. Well, it's going to rival the, a cop. Well, no. Well, the, okay. Well, there you go. I'm glad you said that. The Emirates. It's taken them 12 years to finally get a bit of an sorry, atmosphere James, in there. Talk, yeah. It's because it does happen. Anyway, James, sorry. Joke just he's on he's on one today, isn't he? Are you still worried about navigator? <laughs> Always. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting what Klopp said today because he, he he referenced the fact that obviously Tottenham didn't sign any players last yeah, summer, and yeah. um, and he said, you know, when you look at those pictures, you can see where all the money's gone, and you know that is where the money's going to keep on going as well, and as they try and pay off what is eight hundred millions? Did it, did it it's ridiculous it's amount of money. Crazy in terms of. You know how, how much how much it's cost and, and all the, the delays and stuff. So um, yeah, it's Tottenham have had a bit of a strange season, haven't they? Because they, they've absolutely blown up. When you think it wasn't that long ago that people were talking about it being a, a three-horse race, about five weeks ago they and were then, within three points, yeah. and now they're fifteen <laughs> points behind. Yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. They're fighting for the top four again. It's weird. It's yeah, and then no, absolutely no guarantees they'll they'll get they'll make the top four. And then you know you think about. You know, Levy might be living to regret that decision not to put his hand in his pocket last summer because it could come down to very fine margins and the financial repercussions of missing out on the top four. Because um, they had some terrible results, didn't they, just before the international Burnley, break? Uh, They've taken Burnley one point Sam's. out of their last four. Mm. I think that's right, think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, yet, surprisingly, I saw that they've actually had more away league wins this season than yeah. any other Premier League club. So they, they haven't drawn, have they, an away game this season? They've drawn one game... One the game Arsenal, full Arsenal, stop, haven't they? All yeah, season? Arsenal at home, wasn't it? The yeah, left, that's that point. Um, but they're just a strange team, Tottenham. I've seen them a few times this season, and there are times when they're absolutely brilliant, and but there's other times when they've looked absolutely wretched, and then you know, the, and capitulated quite weakly. And then I don't know, Pochettino. I think he's a great manager, but he also he seems to get away with an awful lot in terms of when they have these 
fall into pieces little spells it's almost like oh well you know you can't have a go at him because look he didn't spend any money and what was he thinking at the moment by the way because he was linked obviously with Real Madrid Theo and he was linked with Man United and they've both appointed new managers in the past couple of weeks now he's stuck with Tottenham who might have a nice new ground but it looks like as James has just said they might not have a lot of money to spend on players it's a bit of a crossroads for them isn't it because um it's one of those where if say they miss out on the Champions League uh that's where the money's gone, so how are they supposed to improve? Like We've seen Arsenal's new stadium, well, it's not even new anymore, but um, that decade after they built that, that's when they went out of challenging for the league properly, wasn't it? They went from challenging as Man U's main rivals to maybe struggling to get top four, um, and that was when there was four or five teams challenging for top four. Now there's six, arguably seven, if someone pushes up from the lower levels. So it's going to be a lot harder for Tottenham to keep going there. And then you're looking at the players they've got in that squad. Well, if they're not winning silverware and they're not realistically keeping up these title challenges, what does Harry Kane do? What does Christian Eriksen do? Dele Alli. They've got a lot of talented players there, but they haven't won anything. And like you've said there, they've gone from three points off to 15 points off. And if they can't push on at a new stadium, it's not enough to keep the players there. Like we saw um, at West Ham, they've signed all these big name players. It's like, oh, we're going to play at the Olympic Stadium. Great. And then Dimitri Payet walked out after, what, 18 months? It's not enough. Tottenham are no different in many ways than, than Liverpool were last season, the season before that. They, they've got some good players, like James says. They, they throw in some mad results. They look breathtaking at times and, and have some obvious weaknesses at others. I, I just think Liverpool went and spent the money and, and pushed on and, and really spent elite money and became an elite team. And, and, I, and I just think for Tottenham, probably the stadium, in a strange way, has come at the wrong time because when they want to kick on, they've not got the money to invest to kick on and stay in the title race and and this might have been the year for them to really try and grasp that and, and, and challenge because look the other teams Man United aren't going to stand still are they they're, they're only going to get better and you know Chelsea alright they've got this transfer ban but after that they'll come flying back because they'll spend money um, Arsenal obviously seem to be back on an upward curve so you know, for them they might struggle to get back in there and, and challenge again Alright then James let's look at the game then on Sunday. I mean, what are we expecting? You mentioned then Tottenham can throw in a few not great performances, but they've got a very good away record. However, their away record against top six sides, I think Pochettino's only won three of 23. Yeah. Admittedly, he's not on his own in that kind of record, but it's the fact that Tottenham are competing against these teams. And having said that, I think one of them was this season against against United, wasn't it? 3-0, which kind of, looking back, I've seen, I remember watching that, that game. That flattered them, didn't it? Yeah, because United they were awful in the first half. Yeah. But it kind of said a bit more about United than it did about yeah. Tottenham. A week I mean, they drew two two at Anfield last year. I know they've got a terrible record at Anfield, but they they do tend to cause Liverpool a bit of problems, don't they? Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's definitely Liverpool, the, the most difficult game. Really, Liverpool have got left. Yeah, yeah, I, would, yeah. I, I reckon it's Chelsea. No, no, Tottenham are a better team than Chelsea. Yeah, but I reckon it's Chelsea though. But well, no, you're wrong. It's Tottenham. I open the. Um, I mean, for a start, they got Harry Kane, who mm. you know he is absolute elite level like I've never really understand why people seem to feel the need to slag off players just because they play for a rival club when you know he is he is absolutely top draw in you know in terms of everything you look for in a in a centre forward um, he's a striker I, just like you James he's yeah. like the I'm Premier just, League I just, I just like I like watching him to be yeah. honest I don't like you know how some people just won't have a, they won't I, have I anything nice said about a player that doesn't play for their own club I love him and I remember, like, he's a great forward yeah I could never understand everything. During the during the World Cup last summer, people taking great delight in when he when his kind of levels dropped a little bit in the knockout games and 
Um, he's definitely a, a huge threat. You know, he's had, he's got a decent must have a decent record against Liverpool. And you think I um, can think of at least three games in which he scored against four. Is, I mean, three games. He got he got two in the. The yeah. 4 one, didn't he? There was a one all and a two all at Anfield. He missed a penalty yeah. on one as well, didn't he? Yeah, that was yeah. last, last um, season. Yeah, it's. Because I, I just don't think you really know what you're going to get with Tottenham. And I, I just think if, if Liverpool are absolutely bang on it, then I think they'll have too much for Tottenham. And I also think the way Tottenham play tends to suit Liverpool as well. I think, you know, they'll, they will come out and play. It won't be. It won't be. Yeah, I think it'll be the kind of game Liverpool like. But if Tottenham are reach the levels they, they've shown they can reach this season then then it is it, you know it could be a it could be a tough afternoon you expecting a tough afternoon yeah I agree with James I think Tottenham's the hardest game out of the remaining ones partly because it's <laughs> <laughs> and you're right <laughs> partly because it's come after the international break so you've always got that bit of rustiness early on but then also when you look ahead to the Chelsea game that's after European games so I think Chelsea are coming back from Prague it's not that far to be fair. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all the way back. Cycling back. <laughs> but there's that added fixture congestion there. And um, with Liverpool as well, there's that a lot of pressure on this game because if they drop points here, Manchester City have got a game in hand next week and I think their game's back to like, what, Cardiff and Fulham? Well, if they played Fulham, aren't they, on Saturday? So Liverpool probably will not be top. Yeah. They may as well just hand City those six points I now. Do, do you know what? I I'm, I'm not sure that... Fulham. They're no. 100% beating Fulham. Just because, do you not think that Saturday lunchtime kickoff just gives you a little glimmer of hope? For what? Just the fact that I hate those early kickoffs after an international break. <laughs> I, I know where you're coming but from. Not when it's Man City Fulham. Yeah. If they were playing, if, if, but if they were playing like, Wolves away, f- yeah. I'd be thinking that, Fulham ooh. nearly took points off Liverpool two weeks ago. But they should have been happened. battered out of sight. It's only because Liverpool, Liverpool missed a lot of chances. They didn't miss that many chances. It wasn't like the Alamo, was it? Well, they, missed, was, they, they missed. They had a lot of the ball, didn't they? I so mean, yeah. they did have, second half, they had a quite. They had the bar and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. So, come on. I, 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 I think I don't. I wouldn't completely write that off as an absolute nailed on away win. Just well, because of the, still fighting against relegation. Yeah, even though they're probably of, not going to. Just because of the succeed. time, the, the time Fight. of it. I just think <laughs> Saturday lunchtime games tend to be pretty flat on the back. Of that that is the one kickoff time that Klopp and Guardiola. Would have both been desperate to avoid that, well, f- that Ful- one. Fulham fans time. were going to have a protest, weren't they? I can't remember what it's about. Whether it's about season ticket prices or something, but right. Fulham have basically said you can't Ryan do Bubbles it. They've, there. they've banned all banners, so basically the atmosphere might take a bit of a hit. It's just right. it's a bit of an extreme thing. That I know done. the prices at Fulham are ridiculous. Yeah. I know people have paid like seventy-five quid for tickets in the home end a few weeks ago. Wow, it's crazy. It's, it is crazy. It's a nice old-fashioned stadium. I love it. Actually, I'll, I'm, I'll be gutted when they go down. It's it's, it's nice. nice. I quite like Fulham full stop. Really, I don't really know why. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty inoffensive. It's, nice. it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a yeah, nice yeah. stadium, yeah. Mm. Is it better than Tottenham's? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Babble will celebrate, won't he, if he does score on Saturday? I, I suspect he might <laughs> do, yeah. It'd be nice if Ryan Babble gets the winner against Man City. I don't think it's going to happen. Meanwhile, back in the real world. Right, yeah. We'll talk then about what we think Jurgen Klopp's going to do with his team selection. James Milner was speaking in the week and he said that, you know, with all these players fit, that uh, the manager's got some difficult decisions to make. Do you feel as though he has? Now, do you mind if sp- I just answer a different question? I was just thinking, you know, they keep saying, what, what's the most difficult game left? And uh, Tottenham, Tottenham Chelsea. <laughs> you, you want, you want on the sly, <laughs> on the sly, I'm just thinking, I think that's Southampton game. Yeah, we'll say Friday that. night, and they're yeah, having a good go under this manager. Go, go, sorry. They're having a good go under this Ralph Hassan or Ralph Rabbit Hutch, whatever his name. <laughs> but he, he that, is, that is the literal translation of his name. Um, they're having a good go under him, and I, I don't know. I just think Liverpool have had some shocking results down Southampton at times. But they won't have a striker because I mean, Ings can't play. And he's in, no. and he's in he hasn't scored for them since because he's been injured. January, I know, but 
so they've so they've obviously done okay without him in the meantime, haven't they? I don't know. More priorities decent. I, I just think that could be a little bit of a. That's the one that jumps out at me in the last few. If Liverpool get four points from the next two games, that's considered a good return. No, really, I think it no. is. I think I think if they take four points from Tottenham, Chelsea. I think that's no. the same. But because right, the okay. thing is, okay, there's seven games seven left. From nine. I think Liverpool seven have got to win nine. all seven. Well, to be fair, I think they've got to win all seven, and that's not. I, I think both teams will slip up because. Because I think there's this like people keep looking at City's fixtures, going, "Oh, City could slip up here," but it's but it's very unlikely Liverpool will win all seven games. Very I, I think if Liverpool win the next two, they'll win all seven. Hmm. Well, there, oh. well, there you go. There's, so you don't think four points is good enough? Over the no. Next. What about seven over the next nine? Because it is Chelsea after Southampton, isn't it? Seven over the next nine. Seven over that. You take that. I would. It's all about momentum, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 really difficult because well, I let's think say the, let's say the Tottenham games are drawn and then they win the next two. That's all right, but then you look at <laughs> it's sort of all right, but then you look at the game City have. I know we keep looking at what City have got, but with the fact that their run comes afterwards when they've got Spurs, 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 hmm. United. If Palace Liverpool and Burnley, yeah. Yeah. if Liverpool drop points so they're top hmm. with games in hand, City aren't going to throw that away. Going back then to the team selection. Oh, so we went off on a tangent slightly there. Yeah. Alisson in goal. Yeah, well done, James. <laughs> Are we putting Trent at right back? Yep. Robertson left back? Yep. Van Dijk at centre back. Yep. Lover at centre back. Nope. No, catch you probably only Matt. Can I catch you out there? Uh, are we saying four three three? Yep. 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 Are we saying Fab Eno? Yep. Are we saying Wine Aldum? Yep. Are we saying Salah Mane and Firmino? Yep. Now, yeah. who are we saying for this final position in the middle? Middle. Even? Oh, captain, my captain. Jordan. Gerard has retired. <laughs> Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson says Theodore. James Milner. James Milner says Joseph. Yeah, do you know, I probably would go Milner just because I'm Henderson. Lucky thing. Sure I'm, not sure <laughs> I'm not sure if he's a hundred percent fit, isn't he? Because he, you know, he didn't. He only came on, didn't he? In the he came well, on he for the last for half an hour. Dubai, didn't he? The, what? You talking about Milner? No, no, no. I'm talking about Henderson. Oh, sorry. The uh, against <laughs> when he was well, away Henderson, with England. Henderson played a full game. No, he played the first full game yeah, and then he, he didn't play on. the second yeah. one, did he? Came on, yeah, to be set fair, up a goal, yeah. played a part in another I th- one. I think that's almost a coin toss, to be honest, picking between them two. I don't not, think there's not Lalana, not Cater, not not. I don't think not you Shigiri. could justify no none of those. Well, I think the only one that would be at the top of the queue with them would be Lalana. Hmm. But I don't know. I just I just think if you're Jurgen Klopp, the way that he's approached these big games, the kind of more pragmatic approach from him this season. It would be it would be bold if he does play Lallana. He could that is or not that would be like he does occasionally throw throw one and you're not expecting that that and that could be it. But maybe it's I the think. game where he puts Serfin Adam in that more attacking role that he's been doing for the Netherlands. Mm. I yeah, think Fabinho. Yeah. I'd pick him, but I think Fabinho might not play. Don't know why. Just because well, of all the travel. Yeah. He, he didn't play much for Brazil, mm. did he? But obviously he's been travelling well, around. Well, he only went to Prague, so. It's not, which isn't far. Yeah. And did yeah. they fly? <laughs> yes, no, they cycled back. Well, he dropped him out in Munich, didn't he? And mm. we weren't expecting that. And that was Liverpool's last big, big yeah. fixture. Yeah. And so then he ended up coming on after 15 yeah. minutes. So he's not had this rest that people think he may have done. No, so you never know. Um, but, it's yeah, like, it's mean, like the weekly debate, isn't it? It's almost yeah. like you know everything else apart from the makeup of that midfield. I think Lallana would play if it was... If it wasn't a top six side, yeah. I think Lallana would play. Yeah. But, so but he as played Southampton. 
Um, I, no, only because I think it's his former club, <laughs> and I, I don't know whether I don't know whether that would suit him. But I think if it was a home match against a non-six, yeah. Side, yeah well, Spurs have started playing diamond. I think recently with Son supporting Kane up front, so you're going to want bodies in that midfield anyway. So you're going to want that energy as well. So I suppose that's again why we're looking at Henderson or Milner. I like him as a player. I think Son's a great player. Mm. If he didn't have those rubbish hands shakes, he'd be the perfect player. I thought you were going to say rubbish hands. I was wondering what <laughs> you're talking yeah. about. I think his hands are fine. Just the way he shakes them, I don't like. <laughs> All right, then. We'll, go, we'll finish then with the uh, predictions. I think Liverpool will win 79-0. Christian! Oh, Christian's back! <laughs> I'll come, come back to me in a minute. Yeah. Joe? Um, ooh, 2-1, but they'll work for it. Mm. Uh, Theo? 2-1. To Liverpool? Yeah. James, I'll come back to you in a second. Oh, I, I, uh, I'm giving you time to to, to, to stew on that one. <laughs> you already <laughs> knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are I, you doing? I think it's gonna be, okay. I think it's two all. Sorry, everybody. Two all. It's Sorry. one of those goals a late Tottenham equaliser because you love a late Tottenham goal. I just absolutely love Tottenham. Full stop. And James, I do think that they'll. I reckon it'll be eventful. Mm. I'm gonna. I'm going three two Liverpool. Ooh. Before we go, were you gonna say three two by the three, way? Two. Yeah, I was always saying mm. three two until okay. you interrupted me. Before, Before we go, can we just find out what is your problem, Doily, with Tottenham? They're just pointless. I just don't get it. This is obviously from when I was growing up, which obviously was in the 1860s. So they just they were always kind of just there. You could you can always rely on them to be not very good. Didn't they win and the FA Cup? That was I was five, five and six then. No, ninety one. They actually won it. So. One of my favourite yeah. FA Cup finals was them losing to Coventry. Yeah, three two. I was, yeah. That was as a kid. That was one of my. When you used to really look forward to Cup final day, that was that was a, that was a brilliant and, final. And Tottenham. While they, they, like they did, they Keith Houchin. Yeah, Keith Who else scored? Yeah. Bennett wasn't it? He was Bennett. the winger yeah. and own goal. Gary Mavert. I was quite like Tottenham. They had some good Glad players growing up. And, and I went to a wedding with Gary Mabbott a couple of years ago. Just facts flying around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, he, he nearly lost a foot. Yeah, because of his uh, he had, diabetes. He got isn't nibbled it? Yeah, yeah. by a rat. I'm, I'm glad we introduced this talking Tottenham <laughs> part of the pod. Could at be the a new spin-off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just talking about Gary Mabbott. Can I, can I, can I host <laughs> is he playing in the Legends game tomorrow? <laughs> Not sure, actually. Don't know, I don't know how his foot is after yeah. that rat finish with him. Yeah. Well, if Gaz was playing, then anything's possible, I suppose. Uh, what did you want, Joe? You're I just want to know why you didn't, didn't like them. Yeah. Uh, no, they just, also, they have this kind of sense of entitlement where... When did the last time they won anything? When did they last win anything? About a decade ago. League Cup, maybe? The League Cup. Yeah. Uh, it's that Woodgate scoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose just, we all have like just, an issue with a certain club for no real reason. I, I, mine is a, no, mine is a very real reason, Joe. No. Arsenal annoy the hell out of me. But at least Arsenal have won stuff and they've got a little yeah, bit of heritage. Yeah, that's true. I, I used to like them, but then... Crap but the FA Cup doesn't count anymore, fans. does it? Joe doesn't like the FA Cup, so Arsenal haven't won anything. Rubbish for the Champions rubbish League fans, final in 2006. You know, we, we can't <laughs> forget. Like you know, that. Arsenal have got... A, they've been there and done it. Tottenham have just spoken about it and then they sing all these songs about, we're on way to Wembley and all this kind of nonsense. Who don't you like, James? I love everyone. This must be, there must be one there team be, that I think I th- you, you just don't like don't, for no I, reason. Aston Villa? Just I don't like Bolton. You yeah, but we know this. <laughs> um, Southampton? Just Bournemouth? Southampton. Because yeah. they, yeah, they tur- turned me down, didn't they, as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. And they've always, they haven't got a striker now, either. <laughs> right, so they've always yeah, exactly, yeah. What goes around comes yeah, around. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, there must be someone that you hate. You can't say Bolton. Um, Chelsea, I suppose. Nah, it's more, it's more real, isn't it? Oh, you want to? <laughs> there's, a reason, there's a reason behind um, it. Like I don't like Aston Villa. don't like Aston Villa. I think they're another one they're a bit entitled. Oh, see, that's, the, that's, the, that's the reason I don't like Tottenham, you see. Oh, well. Anyway, on that, 
Very strange, a very, that very strange ending will conclude this podcast. Uh, join us next week where we will talk about how great Tottenham are. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.